Welcome back to another episode of Big Vibes, nigga. What's up? Yo, check it. What's going on? This is your boy Q from Chopping Over Q and the Critical Dump Network, and you are tuned in to the John Effect Podcast. Big ups, homie. Very pleasant. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time. The one and only. There never will be another. You're listening to the John Effect Podcast. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Cuban Roast in the Flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Castro, the Afro-Latino Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, Cheekbone Jones, Three Butt Poppy, Bro-Livia Pope, the young OG John Quixote, John Stradamus, Juancito Fuego, 68 Savage because of all these niggas won. The Prince of Potomac, BKA, Being Hot gets you the MVP. Staying Hot gets you Hall of Fame. And let me just say this for you niggas. The crown is heavy. Let's just leave it where it's at. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I am back. This is my First time like recording an intro in a minute because as you guys know or if you don't know, October was all about singled out. Those episodes were recorded in the summertime thanks to everyone that participated in that. J. Del Negro, Mike Perkins, Shane, the Queens, Ty Lee's, and the Miss Nicole Banks, you guys exceeded my expectations. You brought my vision to life. You murdered every episode. And I'm thankful for all of you guys for, you know, blessing my show with Black Excellence. I can't thank you guys enough. But yes, I'm back. We're back to our regularly scheduled program. I was like, oh my God, I've been out of the loop because honestly, I recorded um, three intros for Singled Out and that was it. I, I wasn't recording intros for John, the John Effect podcast. I wasn't doing Gold Silver Bronze. I wasn't doing the docket. I was chilling. Like, I legitimately was chilling. I was in, I was in a little bit of a hiatus, but not so much. But we'll get to that in a second. So let's get into some housekeeping. Uh, drum roll, please. That's not a drum roll. I'm drunk, whatever. It's, I'm, I'm bros weekend lit on a regular Friday night. That's, uh, don't judge me. Judge your dicks, I can step moms. But uh, housekeeping, where are we at? <laughs> your boy is back. My OG Twitter account is back in full effect. You see what I did there? Full effect. <laughs> but follow me on Twitter at the John Effect. Um, the John Effect X is going to be my backup because you never know because you got to stay ready so you don't got to get ready. But after four and a half years of being suspended, the powers to be granted me access back to my account, and I'm so thankful. And I want to thank Candace. 
of Ratchet Ramblings for telling me what to say so that the show can get back. Oh, so the so my page can come back. Ah, oh, I remember listening to Ratchet Ramblings and her saying it on the show, and I wrote it down on a poster that I couldn't find the posted. So I reached out for her and said, "Hey." What what should I say? Or what did you say? And she gave me the great words. And thank you. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Like, ah, uh, it feels great to be back. I just got to, I'm just seeing all the old tweets. And I'm like, ah, uh, before COVID, before everything, ah, uh, it's good to be back. I'm working on something else. Um, but speaking of Candace, we recently recorded, um, so I am in recording mode. I'm, I'm doing the recording sessions for uh, my new limited series for 2024. Ooh, I'm drunk. What's the, what is that called? Um, hold on, I know things, I know things. What was I made for? So I have one down, I have four to go. Um, I'm going to space these out so because I have until at least February to get the other four done. I got confirmation for, you know, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. I think and I hope everyone enjoys this lineup for this new series because I'm ready. I'm ready because can I? I can't sing Candace's praises enough because she's so dynamic and she's so genuine and she gives genuine love to me and it's reciprocated. And I'm just like, she made me tear up because I'll be honest with you guys, the last two weeks were very stressful for me and were very emotional. And I want to say I cried maybe two or three times. I'm not going to go into the details. Um, but yes, I, I I thank Candace for making um, making an old man cry. <laughs> um, so where you can listen to the podcast? You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on iHeartRadio. You can listen on Amazon Music. You can listen on Overcast. You can listen on Acast. You can listen on Google Podcasts. And let me announce this, because if you're new to the show, or you're not new to the show, uh, originally the show was hosted on SoundCloud, SoundCloud. And I was up there for so 2021, and they yanked me down. Because you, you guys know my mouth. My mouth, my words are very vicious at times and very intentful and you know soundcloud yanked me but i forgot i had a backup well i had an og soundcloud page before i even did the podcast because you know that's when social media was really popping up and i was like let me just stake my claim and the john effect all over the place so i repurposed that uh, old soundcloud page so I am doing a soft launch for SoundCloud. Um, I'm not putting my whole backlog on there. Um, what I've decided to do for this month is I have decided that on SoundCloud right now, you can listen to all of 
Singled Out. So the Singled Out series in its entirety is on SoundCloud. So follow me on SoundCloud, The John Effect, uh, SoundCloud.com, The John Effect. If SoundCloud just think, I don't know if people still listen, excuse me, I don't know if people still listen to SoundCloud for a podcast. My personal go-to is Apple Podcast, um, but, you know, some people listen and, you know, it, it sucked when I lost my SoundCloud page and I had to migrate over to Anchor, which is now Spotify for Podcasters, that I wasn't able to, you know, let the listeners know because I was always pushing SoundCloud. And, you know, I had a very sizable audience on SoundCloud. And, you know, I don't know if they followed me, you know, over to other platforms, but you got to do what you got to do. Um, so let's mosey on over. No, before we mosey on over. So email the show, the John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Also, support your boy. Support a nigga. Support a nigga. Lend a nigga a pencil. Go over to Facebook. Excuse me. Go over to. I'm fucked up, y'all. But I'm just glad to be here. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Search the John Effect Podcast. Write a review. Rate this show four or five stars. Write a review. Tag me. DM me. Email me. Let me know. And I will read those on air. So the email for the show, of course, the John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Also... You can text, call into the show, leave a message. Let me give you that number. Give me one second. Okay, so the telephone number for the show, area code 202-643-8776. So that's that. Let's get into personal effects. Last weekend was Bros Weekend. And when I tell you I needed Bros Weekend because, like I mentioned before, there was so much going on the last two weeks of my life. And I was stressed and I just needed, I needed a release. Like I needed the the fellowship and brotherhood of, Ray and you know it was great to see Steven and it was great to just you know escape and you know link up and you know just just live and and be vibrant and you know not be bogged down by certain roles that we play in this world and I had a great time I had a great weekend from start to finish, you know, raise my brother. That is my little brother. I love him. Blood could not make us closer. Steven is a great friend. I, Steven, nothing but kind words to say about them. I, I'm very thankful for their hospitality. I'm thankful for their friendship. We had a, we, we had a time. <laughs> we had a time. Let me tell you this. I, this year, turning 40 has, I, I had an idea how I wanted to arrive at 40. And that, for the most part, landed. 
But there were some things that happened. There were some things that came, you know, and it was just like, you know what? Woo! You know, I went to the doctor back in June and, you know, so I'm telling my business, because this is my podcast or whatever. And I, the doctor did some blood work and, you know, it. I was, I was told and shock and I was in shock and awe that I have diabetes and you know it's type two and I I sat there and I was like how did I let this happen? Like how did I let this happen? Like I I go to the gym. Like I work out. Like I've always been athletic. I've always been in that space. But on the flip side, I've always eaten like a fat piece of shit. <laughs> but, you know, in my 20s and in my 30s, it was, you know, I was able to, you know, not let things happen. But, you know, I'm not blaming anything. I'm not making excuses. COVID happened. You know, like I've mentioned on the show before, I put on COVID weight. And that COVID weight turned into diabetes. And I just, I felt like maybe that, that is something that also bogged me down because I'm like, I can't believe this has happened to me. And I'm, I'm such a type A personality and I, I feel ashamed and I'm like, I've gained, like I, I've talked about so much before, I, I've gained the weight. And, you know, the, the doctor prescribed a GLP medication. And that was on back order for, like, months. And it's still on back order. Um, thank goodness for TikTok. I was on TikTok, and they were like, oh, there's other GLP and something else medicine is available. So I started that on Thursday. So we'll see how that works. Um <sighs> I'm gonna be real. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna just say this now, and I may revisit and talk about this in months later if there are some results. Because I don't want to be one of those people that says, "Oh, this is what happened." You know, I'm one Ozempic, and then, well, why you ain't lose no weight? Like, I, I refuse to be that person. So I, I may talk about things in a few months if there are results. But it, it, this was a wake-up call for me to get it together because I, I've been in this space where I've been thinking about mortality for the last, you know, year, 18 months. And it's just like, I got to get it together because I had a stroke back in 2016. I don't want another stroke. I don't want to, I don't want to lose a limb. I want to enter, I want to leave this world as I enter this world with all of my fingers, all of my toes, all of my appendages, and that's just what I want. So I, I have to hunker down, have the discipline, do what I need to do. Um, now, I will say this. So Saturday night, we went out, and you know, it, it was it was warmer than anticipated for fall, especially in you know, DMV, the district. And we're, we're, no, we're at our normal spot for Saturday nights. I I broke in. No, Friday night I broke in my um my burgundy fives. And so Saturday I I think this is maybe the third time I wore my black and teal fives. 
And you know where, you know, I'm drinking, you know, we're we're downstairs. I'm like, let me let me jaunt upstairs. Let me at least, you know, make a beeline for the hallway where the great lighting is at to take a selfie. So I'm doing that. And this man stops me and grabs my arm and was like, damn, you fine. And I was like, okay, I still got it. Even with this weight gain over this over these last two, three years, I still got it. Now I will say this. I I'm not a fan. I'm being so transparent on the show. Wow. I am not a fan of my appearance in this last 18 months. The only pro to the weight gain is that thing is poking out like pictures and pop-up books. That thing is thicker than a possum with the, the mumps. Like, I'm telling you, that thing is poking out like it is thicker. I am thicker than a duckbill platypus with peanut butter on it. And that is the only thing that I am like, damn, like I finally got a fat ass. Like I finally got a fat ass. <laughs> because if you know me, like I've always been athletic and, you know, I've never had a fat ass, like, I mean, of course, I've, oh, God, I'm telling my business. I have had injections over the years. I have had injections, oh, this sounds, this, not in a gay way, but I have had ass shots. Like, I've, I've had three rounds of ass shots from 2011 through 2017, but when I started to, you know, put on weight, I didn't need to do that no more because my ass was fat. Um, Because the, the I wanted the back to match the front. If you know, you know. So I was like, ay, ay, ay. So that made me feel good. Um, it's, it's always nice when a handsome man can appreciate you. And that is what he did. And sir, I don't know your name. I was drinking. You wanted to talk more, but I wanted to go upstairs. <laughs> but yes, um, that wraps up things. So I'm going I'm to freshen up this drink. And when I come back, we're going to get into the docket and we're going to get things popping off. I, I am going to say this. Everything on this docket is allegedly my money is for me. I said what I said. Everything on the docket, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. All right. The docket, the docket, the first docket of November is here. Like, uh, I, forgive me if I'm rusty. I have not done a proper show in a few months it was the summer the last time i did a normal episode of the john effect podcast so you know i gotta i gotta i gotta get my feet wet and, and get back out here but yes so i'm so glad that there were so many topics i did not have to discover i was like yes i'm out the loop i don't have to give my commentary on this um, but this one I wanted to talk about a little bit because 
I am someone that can relate. And I've, I, I'm in this space where I want to discuss things on this show as it pertains to what's going on in the world with something that I can, you know, segue and have discussions that are a part of my own life. Spinning the block. It seems like it is spinning the block season. Nelly and Ashanti, who I, I've always loved Nelly and Ashanti as a couple. Um, I'm glad that, you know, they're spinning the block. Uh, they're saying allegedly, again, everything on this doctor is allegedly. Uh, Jermaine Dupree and Janet Jackson are spinning the block. <sighs> no. I hope, I hope that is a rumor. And then there was someone else, but I can't remember. So I wanted to kind of discuss... You know how I, how I feel about spinning the block. I think a big misconception, and you know, I say that because someone told me a few years ago that I was jaded or jilted. And I was like, it's not I'm jaded or jilted. Like, why do I have to be jaded because I'm single and I'm not rushing or, you know, putting a top priority on being in a relationship. And my thing is this, I'm 40 years old. I have been dating and dated and had serious relationships, have been engaged for the last 25 years of my life. That space has been there where I, I've navigated and I've done that. So it's not a priority to me anymore. Like if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, Great, I've lived, I've loved, I've lost, all those cliche things. Um, but it really kind of, it, it was a crawl on my side to say that I'm jaded. Because it's like, nah, nigga, I just, I don't want, I don't want to settle. And I feel like, especially with my last relationship, I've definitely settled. And of all the relationships, all of the downs, all the stuff I've had in my life, that was probably the worst relationship and the biggest example of me, you know, settling. So it's not that. It's just I know my worth. I know what I want and what I don't want. And, you know, I'm going to say this, and this may rub people the wrong way, but nobody can love me better than I can love myself. And that's why I'm not gung-ho about going into another relationship because it's just like ah, yeah and it hurts to say that because you know i'm i am the og traditionalist marriage all those things and it's like i'm kind of not in that space on those things and it's okay and you know i've come to terms with it but back to topic at hand, spinning the block i have spun the block on two niggas in my life. So there are two men that I have dated twice. Uh, my fiance, or my then fiance from almost 15 years ago, we dated twice. Um, another gentleman, Richard, <laughs> I know he's not listening, so I'm gonna say his name, but yes. Uh, we dated twice, we ended on good terms both times. Um, you know, the second time it was just, you know, it wasn't the right time. And the first time we broke up, you know, he ended up moving back to New York. Um, with my ex or my then fiance, both times it ended badly. And I'm like, 
maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, maybe I'm a glutton for whatever, but <laughs> I feel that he's married, like, he's married, we're, we're, we're friends, we're, you know, we're cordial, he's married, he has been married to his husband for, I want to say, maybe five or six years, um, I don't know if I would spin the block again, I don't know, like, you know, let's see, at 40 years old, there are things that did not progress to the next level um, because I didn't want to sign a certain NDA. And then I didn't want to be referred to as your agent's nephew because you didn't want anyone to know that you enjoy same-sex relationships or same-sex dalliances. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And now I'm thinking where I'm at now, shit, I'll sign the NDA because I've, I've signed NDAs before. It's not a big deal. But this was different because... I saw potential and I saw a future and I was like, you know what? I'm high. I'm on my high horse. I'm on my soapbox. You know what? You're going to respect me. And it's like, now I'm looking back. It's like, you did care. You did respect me. It's just, I have to meet you where you're at. And I get it. Your career is super important to you. And we're, again, we are not as progressive as a community as we would like to think. So, yeah, but Spinning the block, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, you know, there's, you know, I, I refer to him as Black Jake, and that's all I can say. Well, that's all I'm going to say, because there's no NDA, it's just I'm not going to kiss and tell, uh, but I will talk about this in the context of this show and this topic at hand. Um, next item on the docket. <laughs> I am an equal opportunist. I anybody can catch a stray, and it's here's the thing: it's never. I never come from a place of hate. I never come from a place of malicious intent. It's my commentary. It's my opinion. It's my POV of what's going on in the world. And with that being said, opinions are not facts. I am not a fan of DJ Academics. I've never been. I don't know what he does. I. I know I'm familiar with his face, you know, that and what I see in clips uh, outside of that. I don't know. Um, Santana, Saucy Santana. I am not a fan of I the music is uh, it's very microwavable. It's very anybody. It's very much anyone could do that type of music. And I understand that we have to support the community. We have to uplift our LGBTQ plus artists. And that's great. But it to me, and I'm not saying that Santana's not talented. What I'm saying is this. I support talent. I'm rooting for everybody black. I'm rooting for everybody Latino. I'm rooting for everybody Afro-Latino. I'm rooting for everybody on the spectrum of the, of the community of the LGBTQ. But it, it can't just be that. It can't be I'm just rooting for you because of those things. When it comes to spaces where you are an entertainer or in, under that umbrella... You've got to give me some talent. And as a hip-hop head, I don't think Santana is... I don't think he... He doesn't have bars. 
I don't think he can rap. Um, and I'll, I'm going to keep it very clean and concise there. Um, so apparently him and DJ Academics have been going back and forth. And it all comes from, um, I want to say DJ Academics had said something about the City Girls. And of course, Santana is really good friends with the City Girls. I'm going to say this. I don't, I, I don't do the City Girls. I can't, I, I've never seen it for them. I don't think they're talented. I don't think they're particularly that attractive that the way people go up for them. I, I, I don't see it. And maybe it's me being biased. I don't know. But they're also wildly homophobic and they're wildly transphobic. And I I can't get past that. Like, I know you separate the music from the artists. You know, I, I do that. I do that with Azalea Banks. I do that with Trey Songs. But them, nah, I, I just can't and I won't. Um, and it's hilarious to see this grown man fight back tears because he can't say faggot. Because it's like, if you were as smart as you think you are, you could insult Santana, and I'm not condoning this, but you could insult Santana without going for low-hanging fruit. Calling someone a faggot, calling someone a sissy, calling someone a punk, using those type of epithets are that low-hanging fruit. It does. It's not clever to say something like that. That's not a read because honestly, when it comes to Santana and it comes to DJ Academics. If you're a black queen and I'm a black queen, to quote Dorian Gregory, or not Dorian Gregory, Dorian Corey, Dorian Gregory's from Charmed, <laughs> to quote the great late Dorian Corey, if I'm a black queen and you're a black queen, we can't call each other black queens because that's not a read. That's just a fact because Santana's a queen. He just happens to be the LGBT community. Uh, DJ Academics is a queen. Uh, whether he is closeted or whether he is straight, he is still a queen. He is still a bitch-ass nigga. Um, but I get it. He's Caribbean. I believe he's Jamaican or what have you. Like, I'm Cuban. So I, 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 like I said before on the show, everything is not as inclusive as we like to believe. But to see his fat ass really be that shook that he can't be homophobic was insane. And then I was not a fan of when Santana jumped on camera and had to say what he had to say. Because it's like, one, yo, did your dick get hard? Like, I, I'm not bottom shaming, but I'm just saying, do your dick get hard for you to be saying that you're going to clap his cheeks? Because if anything, y'all going to tuck y'all meats and scissor like two bad bitches. Well, never mind. Um, but yeah, it's just like right message. Well, no, not even the right message. It's not the right message. It's not the right messenger. Like you, he could have approached this in a different way. And it's just like Santana. Like I miss the good old days of media training because Santana, he, he's just not it. It's just neither one of them are it. It's like the left. It's like two sides of the same just uh anyway let's get on to the last item on the docket is the mcu is marvel in shambles and i'm, I'm gonna get my two cents and i'm gonna slide out so i've been a comic book reader um 
since 1989. So for me, when, you know, I digested comics, it's always been the X-Men. It's always been the X-Men. It's always been the X-Titles. It's always been the mutants, the mutants, the mutants. Um, I never was a... Walk <sighs> it back a little bit. I wasn't a huge fan of the Avengers. I really wasn't a huge fan of Spider-Man. I really wasn't a huge fan of the Fantastic Four, the Guardians of the Galaxy, or, you know, lesser-known titles within the community. Um, so, of course, growing up on X-Men, reading the comics, collecting the toys, watching the TV shows, consuming the media in the early 2000s, it was it for me. Um, when the MCU started to roll around, I was not interested because... I did not like Iron Man. I didn't read the... I, I read the comic and was like, you know what? This is there for me. The Avengers wasn't really for me. My foray into the MCU, to be honest, was not until Black Panther came out. So when Black Panther came out, my antenna was up. I was hooked. I wanted to watch the movies. So I watched... Of course, I watched Black Panther, Infinity War, and then I went to Endgame, and then Spider-Man... The, the second Spider-Man, and then that's where I was, and then I started going back to certain titles, um, and then from that point, I tried to watch all the movies that came out after. Shang-Chi, I enjoyed. I could not get through The Eternals. 15 minutes and I turned it off. I could not get through Black Widow. 15 minutes, I turned it off. I did enjoy Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, that was my comfort movie for the better part of last year into this year. Um, I did see No Way Home, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I did see Black Panther 2, which I enjoyed. I still have in my queue Gardens of the Galaxy 3, but I may not get to it. Again, love, excuse me, Thor, Love and Thunder. I keep falling asleep at the same part, and I've tried to watch it like five times. I don't and I enjoyed the majority of the shows. Like, I honestly enjoyed Secret Invasion. I enjoyed Ms. Marvel. I enjoyed She-Hulk. I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I enjoyed WandaVision, of course. Hawkeye. I could not get into Moon Knight. I think I, I dipped out maybe episode four or five. Here's my thing. And I'm not going to watch Echo. My thing is this. It's too much. Like, I get it, you know, the pandemic slowed things down, but the output, it's been too much. Every, and I've said this on the show before, I've said this to Rain, I've said this to my other MCU friends. Everybody doesn't need a show. Everybody don't need a show. Everybody don't need a movie. Like, give us one to two movies every year. And give us one show. But then again, everybody don't need a show. Give us a limited series. Like, give us a limited three or four part series. But I, it's just like... And my thing is, is let, 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 I'm going to say this. Now that Marvel has the, the rights to all of the characters, the Avengers had their time. They've had their time. They have had their time. Let's move on from that because bring in a varsity team. The X-Men are the varsity team. Like, bring in these stories. Tell these stories because bringing back the OG Avengers, unless it's a different timeline, it's like you you put it all on the line and got rid of half the six. And then it's like, what are we supposed to do with that? 
and you know then the changing of Kang, the potential changing of Kang the Conqueror to move away from that. It's like it it can be done. I mean, I like Jonathan Majors. I'm here. I'm invested. Um, I think Kang is a is a good choice for. You know the the next event level villain. I think Doctor Doom would have been there also, but we'll see. And then it's like you putting out all this stuff. Give us the cast for Fantastic Four. Give us some Easter eggs for the X Men. You had so many opportunities to give us some X Men Easter eggs without having to really fully commit. You could have given us Rogue in the Marvels or Ms. Marvel. You could have given us Storm in Wakanda Forever. You could have given us Psylocke in Shang-Chi. I'm not being racist, I'm just saying. And you could have given us other, like you gave us a Wolverine Easter egg in She-Hulk. Like it's time to start planting those seeds and watering them because here's the thing. The X-Men probably won't even come out to like 2027, 2028, because right now we the the SAG is still on strike. So it's like, ah, yeah, you can they can write the scripts because you know the the writer's strike is over, but it's still like, come on, like we're invested. And then Blade isn't Blade was supposed to come out this past weekend. That's you know, they don't know what they're doing with that. They're trying to chop that budget and it's like i don't want to say because it's a black leg character they're going to chop the budget because they didn't do that for uh black panther or wakanda forever so it's like i get it but it's like kevin feige can't do it all by himself he just can't like i think it's time to get a panel together and maybe pull, you know, some from the comic book world so they can really make this a larger cohesive picture. Because, you know, I'm not going to say Phase 4 wasn't horrible. Phase 5 wasn't horrible. But we're looking at it through these eyes of retrospect. Because when Phase 1 and Phase 2 were, you know, coming to fruition, there really wasn't a clear idea. We didn't really get the idea until, you know, later in the phases. So I think it's so easy to look at things in the now and just not and let it play out and just trust the process. But I don't think it's a shambles. I just think a little tinkering, it'll never be shambles because DC is shambles. And even with James Gunn going over to DC, I do not think that they're going to win. I think it's going to be the same thing because nobody's just interested. But that's just my two cents. I'm going to freshen up my cocktail and I'm going to come back with Gold Silver Bronze. It's that time, guys. It's time for Gold Silver Bronze. Let's get it. The first... Gold, silver, bronze of November. Like, where has this year gone? Like, we'll blink and it'll be 2024. Ah, wow. So with this gold, silver, bronze, I wanted to take it back to 2014. 2014 
was a year where I was riding high professionally, my personal life, my relationship, my then relationship was in shambles. Um, this was the closing of an era for me. Um, 2014, I call my emancipation. <laughs> so I have handpicked three songs. We are going to rank them gold, silver, bronze. You, the listener, me, the host with the most. Um, so let me know in the thread who gets your gold, who gets your silver, who gets your bronze. First entry, Big Sean featuring E-40, I Don't Fuck With You, the lead single from his third studio album, Dark Sky Paradise, produced by DJ Mustard, Mike Free, and Kanye West, released September 14, 2014, peaked at number 11 on the Hot 100, took the summit position on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. Next up. Ray Shreman, No Flex Zone, the lead single from their debut album, Shrem Life, produced by Mike Will, made it, released May 18, 2014, peaked at number 36 on the Hot 100, and took the number 8 spot on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. And last and certainly not least, uh, Nicki Minaj with Anaconda, the second single from her third studio album, The Pink Print, produced by Paula the Don and the Interns, released August 4th, 2014, peaked at number two on the Hot 100, and took the summit position on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. So guys, it is that time. This one is going to be, mm, I don't know, we'll see. Um, I'll, if you know me, hip-hop is one of my favorite genres, so that's why a lot of times when you see or you hear Gold Silver Bronze, there's always, you know, hip-hop at the forefront. Um, but I wanted to stay in 2014. I didn't want to do pop songs. I didn't want to do R&B songs. You know, I wanted to come back from hiatus and just, you know, you know, keep up with the theme of the overall show. Ah, no, no, this is going to be easy. I just thought about it. I am giving Big Sean, I don't give Big Sean much, but I'm giving him gold, a, a very strong gold. This song was everywhere. Again, you have to remember, this is 2014. So this is radio this is we're still getting music videos we are still getting you know proper album rollouts this is where you still had to have talent and there was promotion and there was you know performances and what have you so gold i love this song um it it just sums it up it, i feel like i resonate or it resonates with me and it's so strong with me because i'm very direct and to the point if I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. And there's no, there's no, if, if I don't fuck with you, you're going to know I don't fuck with you. Um, you never have to guess with me. I, and I know people think I'm a, 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 a Nikki hater and I'm not. I, I enjoy Nikki. Now I will be, 
brutally honest, I do prefer her features more so than her solo songs. Um, I purchased, I want to say, two Nicki albums. I purchased, you know, a Lucy single here and there. Um, and I can separate the artist from the music. I think she's super talented. I think sometimes the behavior is, eh, eh, eh. but we all have those moments where we can be, eh. but Anaconda, I, it was a fun song. Um, it was a fun song. Lyrically, it wasn't too much. Uh, the production was okay. I I don't like when hip-hop samples such, how do I say this? Older hip hop songs that are kind of cheesy, and Baby Got Back is a, is a, is this this nostalgia, but it's still kind of a cheesy song. It would have been nice uh, for Nicki to do something else, but I get it. Uh, commercially, you want to succeed. <sighs> By default, I have to give the Ear Drummer Boys um, my bronze. Now the remix and No Flex Zone with Nicki again, she snapped on the remix. Um, I, you know, I don't, it's not my favorite Ray Sherman song, but, you know, it's all right. But guys, again, let me know who gets your gold, who gets your silver, who gets your bronze. This pretty much wraps up this episode of the John Effect Podcast. Again, you can follow me everywhere on social media at the John Effect. Um, again. If you're not subscribing on Apple Podcasts, go over there, subscribe, rate the show four or five stars, write a review, tag me, DM me, let me know. I would love to read those on air. Um, so just to give you what to expect next uh, from the John Effect Podcast. So Jackie and John's coming back. Rain and I are back in business. Um, there's... There's a wild card coming. I don't know if it's going to be this month. I don't know if it's going to be next month. Uh, Jackie and I are closing the year out with our year-end show that we've been doing for the last five years. Uh, of course, I'm going to probably take the first two Tuesdays off in January and come back uh, refreshed for the new year and then it's business as usual and then it'll be april and you know what was i made for will be premiering that five-part series and then the end of april is the eight-year anniversary like i'm still like shook nigga i've been recording this show for seven and a half years like i'm on the indie podcast mount rushmore that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but thank you all for your continued support. Uh, until next time, I'll check you sweet lovers of liberty later. Bye, guys. Bye.